I am extremely honored to have David Allen join us today. It's an absolute privilege to be able to speak with you, David. For those of you who don't know David, um, he is one of the world's most influential thinkers on productivity. Uh, David's 35 years as a management consultant and executive coach have earned him the titles of personal productivity guru by Fast Company Magazine and one of America's top five executive coaches by Forbes Magazine. The American Management Association has ranked him in the top 10 business leaders. His best-selling book, uh, The Groundbreaking Getting Things Done, The Art of Stress-Free Productivity, has been published in 30 languages, and the GT methodology that it describes has become a global phenomenon, being taught by training companies in more than 70 countries, which is amazing. Uh, David, his company, and his partners are dedicated to teaching people how to stay relaxed and productive in our fast-paced world. And David, it's an honor to speak with you this morning. Thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk with me. Thanks for the invitation, Brandon. Delighted to be here. Yay. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I have been, uh, I've been following you for, it seems, my entire professional life in, in following <laughs> the, the GTD methodologies. I, you know, I, I think back to, to what I used to do as far as task and project management before learning GTD, and I, I honestly have absolutely no recollection of what I of what I used to do and I'm thinking how did I how did I actually do it, get anything done because I I don't remember what I what I did and you know I remember when I first read getting things done it was like a, uh, a, a light bulbs going off in my mind just realizing I felt like the book was speaking directly to me and I'm 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 really I'm really intrigued and excited to talk with you today to find out more about how and why you developed this system and, and maybe before you talk about that, just to maybe you could briefly explain what exactly the getting things done system is, what, 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 the, what the intention of creating it was. But, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really interested to hear what were some of the, the reasons that you developed this and how did it, how did it come to be? Well, that's a that's a loaded series of questions. There, was a lot. Of, was, sorry, sorry. I'll try to pick. I'll pick them one at a time. Here. My, my brain, my brain was going all over the place. Maybe I need to to uh, <laughs> to, to work on organizing myself a bit better. Um, but no, pri no, no primarily, problem. you know, when I when I look at this methodology that that you've developed, I I I I've and I've heard your story, like on Tim Ferriss's podcast. I've heard your story about how you've developed this. And I think just hearing a bit of the backstory of what led you to develop such a, a robust productivity system would be really helpful for people to hear. Because I know that when I heard your story for the first time, I was, I was really surprised at what your backstory was that brought you to the point of, of developing the system. And so I would love to just hear you walk through briefly of, of what what got you to the point of of developing a system for project management and for developing that mind like water like GTD talks about? I'm a freedom guy. I love the freedom to think about what I want to think about, to not be distracted by stuff, not have to worry about things, to be present with whatever I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And, you know, tasted that with meditation and spiritual practices and the martial arts, getting a black belt in karate back in my 20s. Uh, where there's a very practical reason to have a clear head. 
you don't want to be when you're jumped by four people in a dark alley have two thousand unprocessed emails somehow hanging around your psyche. So, you know, being clear is was was something that was a sort of a, an important value for me. You know, as a, after I sort of hopped out of academia and hopped into my own sort of personal self exploration and you know who am I in my own you know uh, search for God, truth, of the universe. And uh, of course, this is Berkeley in 68, 69, 70. So, you know, heady times to be doing that kind of thing and obviously rich, rich place and, you know, to be doing that kind of exploration. Uh, but I had to keep a job. And so I became a good number two guy for some friends who were doing businesses. So I had to, I helped them. And I just walk in and look around and say, how much easier can we do this? Because I'm just Mr. Lazy. And, uh, you know, and I'd say, hey, there's an easier way to get that done. Now they call that process improvement, you know consulting term <laughs> uh, but then I help fix it and kind of get it under cruise control and then I get bored and then I go find another gig another somebody to help then I discovered they pay people to do that they call them consultants wow yeah oh god what a deal <laughs> oh, it's, it's right. real <laughs> so <laughs> hung out my shingle 1981 82 Allen Associates and so started my you know, took the risk I say let me just jump off and see if I can sell myself project by project because uh, that seemed to match more of who I was since I didn't really know what I wanted to do when I grew up. But to help people who did, you know, it tend to resonate with me. Were so, there, were there uh, specific, were there specific businesses at that time that you were focused on helping or was it kind of just a whoever, yeah. whoever needed, whatever help. showed up, whoever, yeah. whoever would pay, pay me for, <laughs> you know, to show up and, and, and see if I could help them. Uh, and then, uh, as I was doing that, of course, I was interested in, if, okay, if that's the business I'm in, now, now, you know, honestly, I haven't had a traditional or formal course in business psychology or time management ever in my life. So uh, I say, okay, if I'm consultant, I suppose I should try to find out how to do that. Is there some models to use or whatever? And so I, I wound up meeting some, uh, you know, some consultants, some very sophisticated consultants that became good friends. And uh, a couple mentored me, you know, some cool stuff. And, um, you know, I didn't have a life that was broken. People often ask me, they said, gee, David, you must have gone through some major crisis that then you figured out GTD. No, I didn't. Well, my life was actually okay. But I discovered some techniques that when I started to apply them, I went, wow, that is really cool. That really opened up space I didn't know there was to have and gave me a lot more freedom that I wasn't aware I could have. And, uh, and it got stuff done. It's like, wow, that's really cool. So, you know, some of these techniques I didn't make up. I, I, I really curated a lot of them and sort of gathered them all together. And there was no, I didn't wake up one morning with some grand epiphany about what all this was. As I say, it's a, little, a long string of epiphanets. Oh, that one worked. Oh, that worked. Oh, yeah. Let me incorporate that. Let me, mostly for myself to begin with. And then I turned around and found the techniques that I was using for myself and started to use them with my clients. And it produced exactly the same result. More clarity, more space, more control, more sense of relaxation, more ability to focus on the meaningful stuff. So I went, wow, that's cool. So that became really the, the essence of the model that I used in my consulting. And we didn't call it coaching back then. It was just, I was just consulting to mostly small business owners, part of people in my network, and then referrals from that. And then some, you know, a uh, big guy, head of HR at a big corporation saw what I was doing and said, wow, David, we need that kind of result in our corporation. Can you design some sort of a training model around this where we can reach maybe a lot of people with what this game is as opposed to one-on-one? -on -one? So I said, well, I'll give it a shot. So that turned out to be very successful. So, you know, a pilot program for a thousand executives and managers at Lockheed, 1983 and 84, kind of threw me into the corporate training world. Like who'd have thought, you know, uh, 
Um, but then, you know, got thrown in there. And I didn't really know what I'd come up with. You know, Brandon, it took me 25 years to figure out that what I'd figured yeah. out was unique and nobody else had done it, probably because I never had a course in any of that right. stuff. Right. Mine was truly street smarts. You know, I know you probably got a, a, you know, you got a pretty good rep from what I can tell in terms of entrepreneurism and, and sales and so forth. And I imagine a whole lot of that was, you know, based upon experience. Let me take what I just learned into the next thing. Right. Yeah, it absolutely was. There's, there was no like, uh, I'm waiting to have the, the manual written before I do anything. It's kind of like, well, this is what I'm doing now. So I better, I, I better figure out what, what needs to be put in place right. at, at this moment. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So then, you know, I think, uh, you know, Malcolm Gladwell talks about the 10,000 hours to build expertise. I've probably had a hundred thousand hours, literally one-on-one mm -hmm. -on -one desk side with some of the best and brightest people. My, my consulting turned into coaching for mid to senior level people in these organizations that started to bring me in to do, to do trainings. So 20 years of training thousands of people uh, with, uh, you know, the version, the kind of earlier versions of what became GTD. We didn't call it GTD. We only called it GTD after we named the book, Getting Things Done, published in mm -hmm. 2001. And that was just our shorthand. And it turned out that the initials kind of took off, you know, as a brand around the world. It's kind of this brand that ran out from under us. Yeah. And suddenly everybody's talking GTD. And I'm like, that was just our shorthand, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a you know that's another con another conversation about what what happened in terms of yeah. brand, you know uh, about all that. So Do anyway, there's a there's a short says... short version short version of a long story, Brandon. So yeah, you know, yeah, poke, no, it's, poke it's, at me, it's poke at story. me for anything else you want to yeah. know. I, so so do you remember? You know, you mentioned that you you started discovering that there were certain practices that you're like, wow, this is this is like earth shattering and this really works. Do you remember what like the, what the first thing was the, the first sure. kind of discovery? Very clear. Uh, my long-term lifelong friend since we met, was one of my first mentors in the consulting game, a guy named Dean Acheson, not the famous one, but another Dean Acheson. And Dean had spent many years in executive consulting for organizational change processes. And he had come up with a couple of processes that he found absolutely critical in order to be able to clear an executive's head so they were free to move forward in the change in the organization instead of being hung up around a lot of old business. So what's now what we now call the mind sweep, called empty everything out of your head. That's got your attention. So again, I thought I had my act together. And Dean said, well, David, let me show you kind of what this, this little experience is like. So he had me take a huge stack of paper and a, a nice pen and said, anything's got your attention. Little, big, personal, professional, doesn't matter. One per paper, right? buy cat food, you know, hire this person, research this, da, 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 da. and I it took me about half an hour, an hour to unload everything mm. that I had my attention on. And then he had me take that whole stack one at a time and go through each one and say, okay, David, what's your very next action on that? If you were going to close the loop on that thing that has your attention, you know, what's the very next physical visible action you would need to take? An email to send you? No, we didn't have email back then, but the, you know, the, a memo to write, uh, something to buy at the store, something you need to talk to somebody about. And I went through and made next action decisions about everything that had my decision, mm. that had my attention. And I went, oh my God, that was <laughs> an, a profound experience. Yeah. And that has, that's never changed. I mean, that's now an integral part of what the Getting Things Done methodology is. It's called, okay, your brain is an absolutely shitty office. So stop trying to keep track of stuff and remind yeah. and remember stuff and prioritize stuff inside your head. It doesn't do that. It didn't evolve to do that. But I had the experience of what that was like to truly externalize 
mm-hmm. let all my commitments and interest and things that I had my attention on and get them out of my head and then take a look at them from an objective standpoint and then make real decisions about clarifying what they meant to me and what I'm going to do about it. Because mm-hmm. that doesn't happen inside your head. It doesn't happen. Right. You're, not born, you're not born doing that. Right. You know? Be great if we could, you know, insert into your embryos that you're putting over there. If you, oh you know, give them, give them, give them some <laughs> DNA where yeah, this, right. this is a natural right. process. But right. you know, the baby doesn't hop out and go, "Gee, mom, what exactly we're trying to accomplish? And what's the next right. step? Is that, is that is that yours or mine? You know, so yeah, you know, that could be like thinking. the future, the future of embryo development. <laughs> we could like insert insert DNA that gives you like the program to like do like yeah. capture next actions, and it'd be amazing, man. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But yeah. Uh, anyway, so so uh, so yeah. So that was very memorable. I remember exactly where it was, what day it was, and whatever. So I had that experience, and again, I wasn't broken, but I just suddenly broke through to a whole other level of clarity, and a whole other level of of uh, well, yeah, it was just clarity and space. And again, you know, over the years, you know, taking that and then then starting to uncover and unpack what are all the different levels of commitments we actually have with ourselves. And then how do you really clarify those in much more discreet ways? And how do you then organize all those things in a trusted way so you truly have a, a trusted external brain yeah. that feeds back to you exactly what you need to see when, you know, in order to make choices? Everybody asks, how do I set priorities? And they go, well, give me all your options. Nobody has a clue what all yeah. their options are. You know, so a lot of the first part of the process is why don't you, why don't you get clear what all your options are? Yeah. Before you try to make decisions, you're asking me your priorities. I'm saying, I'm going to ask you, why are you on the planet? And what are your core values? And where do you expect to be lifestyle and career wise with wild success of, uh, of, of your destiny five years from now? And oh, by the way, what are the things you need to do over the next year or two to make sure that that happens? And oh, by the way, what are the things you need to maintain, like your health and your finances, and your relationships and your fun factor and your dog yeah. you know, and your car? And, and yeah. by the way, what are all the projects you've got about that? And oh, by the way, what are all the action steps you, you, you have about any of the moving parts of everything I just said? Mm-hmm. And most people don't have a clue about that whole inventory. But that's right. a lot of what my methodology did was give you a model about how to clarify what those different levels of commitments are yeah. so that you could externalize them and get them in front of you. And ultimately, you're going to have to trust your gut, your heart, your spirit, or your liver, or whatever you trust to make a decision about the errands you need to run and the stuff to talk to your yeah. life partner about or, or which projects are really the most strategic ones or, you know, whether the direction you're going into life is really where you want to go. But those are all irrelevant questions when they are. Right. So, so when you're, you know, with, with everything that you just said about how, you know, what are, what are your, your principles and your purposes and your values and where are you trying to get to? Yeah, that's do do you find that it's better when you're when you're trying to do that mind sweep and understand everything that's on your plate and everything that's before you do you find that it's better to start from the top down and look at the the higher level or is it really start with start with wherever you are that's the unique thing about what i discovered is you we don't start with where you should be we start with where you are Mm because if you can't control where you are forget where you should be you'll just create guilt and frustration yeah Right. A lot of people That's shouldn't true. set goals. They need to clean their toilet. <laughs> That's, no, true. Really. That's true. That's I mean, true. A lot of people, their day to day is out of control. So you try to get them to focus on vision or whatever. Yeah. Like, not that you shouldn't do that, but I'm suggesting that. why don't you free yourself up so you can do that in a much more organic and natural way? Yeah. And so it's. I'm not saying don't set goals. I'm saying you only need to set goals when you need to do that to get your head clear. 
Yeah. See, the, the real secret, I mean, Brandon, this is between you and me. Don't tell anybody else. But the real <laughs> secret to getting things done is not about getting things done. It's about getting appropriately engaged with all of your commitments so you're present with whatever you're doing. Hmm. That happens to me the most highly productive state you can be in. To hit a golf ball from or cook spaghetti from or tuck your kids into bed at night from or write the business plan from or whatever, clear, present, mm-hmm. no distraction. You're able to focus totally on whatever you're doing, but that does, ta- you know, take a nap, you know, have a beer, uh, sit and do nothing. You know, so you let your brain rest, you know, so that then you're, you're more, you, you more optimize your cognitive abilities by having a rested brain. Mm-hmm. All those are, you know, could be the most important thing to do at any point in time. Yeah. So uh, it's that it's an interesting it's an interesting point when and one of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about as as you're describing that is you know, there's and, and this this is speaking from personal experience too is I I care deeply about trying to be very highly organized and making sure that I have projects laid out and making sure that I know what next actions are and, and maintaining the inbox of things that come to my mind, you know, like in really following the, the methodologies that you've laid out. One of the things that I often can find myself doing though is spending so much time planning and organizing all of that, that it's like of, 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 of trying to make sure I'm keeping track of everything that I have to do. That sometimes I, I end up feeling like um, I'm spending, I'm spending so much time planning that I'm that I'm not able to focus as much on 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 being engaged in the moment so well there were so, there are worse ways to procrastinate you could be taking drugs yeah. instead so you might as well <laughs> you might as well be right. procrastinating by doing something that's reasonably right. constructive right. Right. <laughs> no matter what point, by the way, I feel better never mind well come on as an athlete do you have a favorite uh, team a kind of favorite sport team you like to watch or play oh, yeah absolutely yeah yeah Absolutely. What's that? Soccer, I mean, football, rugby? I, well, what you know, I I I'm I'm much more into a lot of uh, like individual sports, like climbing and swimming and all of that. But if I had picked a professional sports team, I, I the Oakland Raiders have always been my favorite team since I was a, a kid. Or so how Vegas much? Raiders, how so. much? How much of their week do you think they spend planning and organizing for the two hours of real work? Probably a lot. Try ninety percent. Yeah, right. Yeah. And most people won't even spend nine minutes, you know, getting themselves straightened out for how to spend their day. It's true. It's true. So don't worry. I mean, come on. You know, if you spent seven hours getting ready, your eighth hour is going to be hot. Right. That's true. So you may you may be undermining your own self esteem by hmm. thinking that over planning was too was too much. You need huh. to do as much as you need to do so you're present. So you feel present. Yeah, but it, it, it's tricky because you can use organization and planning as a way to avoid your life like anything else. Sure. You know, wow, uh, I'm trying to write the, the great American novel. Uh, I need to go clean my toilet. Uh, I need to go get more organized. Uh, I need to. Right. <laughs> so, right. I, I, right. I've seen people. Right. And at that point, it becomes procrastination. You're right. You're, <laughs> sure. Yeah. But again, there are worse ways to procrastinate. So you might as yeah. well, you might as well clean a drawer or vacuum the living room, you know, as a way to avoid writing the first chapter. That's a good point. So one one of the things that that as as you're as you're saying that of being able to really be in the moment and and be present and not be distracted by all of the other things that are going on. Where one one pr- 
practice that I've been playing around with a bit to see how it would work in, in my daily routine is, is batching tasks based upon, you know, the, like, like batching things like in my calendar, like putting, saying, I'm going to put two, two hours aside to work on, you know, sales related work, or I'm going to put an hour aside to work on emails. Do you, do you recommend that type of approach where you're, where you're batching time on your calendar or how do you, how do you recommend managing managing a schedule like that i would say well brandon if you do that will then that get off your mind huh. and so then i'll love, call I you love in, it. i just uh, and then i'll call you in two months and say are you still doing it because a lot of this shows up when your inner geek shows up on a rainy saturday and all sounds fine you can organize your right. life but i but that's, then the fire hose of monday fits, hits you in the in the friggin face you know and all that stuff goes right down the toilet you have to be right. very careful about the agreements you make with yourself and overstructuring. Yeah. But if you needed to, you know, come on, I, you know, I've, I, I've managed to create a lifestyle where I don't have a lot of intensive time-based things that I have to yeah. do, you know, yeah. Keynote speeches and things like that, where I have to show up at a certain point, but for the most part, my weekly review lets me see stuff that's coming up and whether I should block out time to do it. Otherwise mm -hmm. I like to be much more spontaneous and just do what I feel like yeah. doing. Yeah. Right. If you're avoiding doing it, then stop doing it. Get it off your list. Get real. See, I, I want to get everything done that's on my list. Otherwise, it wouldn't be on the list. Mm -hmm. I just need to make choices about which one, you know, will give me the highest payoff yeah. if I do that, you know, at any point in time. If I don't want to, if I ultimately am procrastinating about it, call, hey, come on, David, put it on Sunday, maybe. Or just dump it. Come on. It's old business. Two weeks ago, it was an exciting idea, but now things have changed. Yeah. You, know, you, you need to get current. Yeah. With what's real and what's real and what matters to you. Right. So I know this is kind of duh, common sense, but it's not no, commonly makes, applied. <laughs> right. No, but that, that makes, it makes a lot of sense. And, and, and what, what is really standing out to me as, as you're describing this is, is, is the importance of freeing your mind and, and being in a, a relaxed and focused state. That's really the point of, of doing all of this, right? The, the, and, and that's uh, hearing you say that I'm like, Oh yeah. Like that's, that's, that's right. Like the whole, the whole purpose, the whole purpose of all of this isn't to see how much I can get done. The whole, the whole purpose of all of it is to be able to do what, to, to do what's important and to be, to be, to be present. And that's, well, it's, uh, this, it's, it's the strange being and doing paradox. Yeah. You know, am I into being or into doing? Now, come on, you've got an entrepreneurial DNA, so there's a doing part of you that's going to be, sure. you know, that's going to ramping up and going zing, 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 zing. You know, come right. on, let's go, right. let's go. Right. And so you're likely then to then potentially, you know, ignore the being part, you right. know, more than you should. Right. I don't know, but I mean that that would be the typical. No, no, that's that's you know, that's that's valid. Comes in comes and goes in cycles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah sure. Absolutely. Well, Interestingly, the people that I know and have met in my life who are the most being people that I know are huge doers. Mm. There's no contradiction between those. Mm. See, you can be in your zone doing nothing or writing six business plans yeah. you know, tonight. Either one. See, your zone, I'm not, a ha I'm not a motivational speaker. Happy is fleeting. You know, look at somebody in their zone. Do they look happy? No, they're engaged in a positive, proactive way. Right. So engagement and satisfaction from your engagement is really, to me, mm -hmm. the golden goodie. 
you know, not trying to be happy and not trying to be motivated by the way. And that's why I, I don't know if you, if I, I think maybe in Tim's podcast, I recommended a great book called the antidote by uh, Oliver Berkman. Fabulous yes. book. It's uh, you know, happiness for people that can't stand positive thinking. Yeah. You know, which is- yes. I, 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 I downloaded it immediately when you recommended it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's great. He's a GTD by the way, Oliver is a uh-huh. great guy. Yeah. So, yeah, but a lot of that's about acceptance. It's a lot about what we call, where are you? You need to get a grip with that. And it's not about, you know, and you might need to accept, for instance, the pandemic going on right now as you and I are speaking. That's not fun. But, you know, nobody said life was going to be fun. We said life is going to be a challenge and life is going to be interesting. Life is going to be an opportunity for you to learn and grow and express and expand yourself. So you wouldn't want it to always be that easy, but sometimes it ain't pleasant. And, you know, I'm not saying... You don't, you actually don't have to like your life to get it off your mind and to get present. Mm. You just need to get engaged appropriately with whatever all your commitments are. Yeah. And then you turn it out when you are present, there's a natural organic sort of helium that rises inside of you. Right. And you, because who you are is a, is a positive spirit. Yeah. And so the more you are able to relax and quiet the noise at this material level, the more you have the opportunity to sort of pay attention to the, the, the subtler, more sublime parts of your intuitive intelligence. Yeah. So it won't no, that, stop. So that's the, amazing. The universe is always on. It doesn't stop. When you meditate, you don't slow the universe down. All you do is slow your world down so you can pay attention to another part of the universe. But it's always on. It's flowing. It's going, man. You know, but it's also yeah. like total being at the same time. <clears throat> yeah. Strange paradox. You know, and this is, this is, this is what I, I, I love. I, I'm loving talking to you about this. Because, and, I, and I think that everybody who's listening to this, who's familiar with GTD or is just starting to become familiar with it, like hearing, hearing you talk through these principles about what the purpose of all of this is, is, is so important because it's, it's, uh, it's, it's great to, you know, you, you look at so much of the advice that's out there right now on productivity and, and getting things, oh, and getting things done, not, not your getting things done trademark, but doing, doing things. So much of it is like, go, 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 check off your list. This is how you can get the most done in a single day. But to hear like it, the kind it's of- It's a big parade. Of, it's a big parade of shoulds. Yeah. And, and to hear like the, the productivity- I got no shoulds. Yeah. And to hear like the productivity no guru himself, you know, talking about the, the ways that, that this is, uh, that this, that the ways that your mind should be managed through all of this, of, of being more focused on- on being present of, of slowing down. Like you're, you're right. Like that's the whole, if we don't do that, what's the point of, of, of working on things anyways, if we're not going to actually enjoy or be present in, in, if we're not going to actually be present in the things that we're doing, because I mean, what's, what's, what's the real point of being productive if you're not going to get any benefit from it. You know? So sure. Sure. It's, that's really, sometimes, it's really sometimes, come on, Brandon, you know, but we, sometimes we got to put our shoulder to the wheel and go, Oh God, I got to go. Oh, yeah. I got to, I got to handle this ugly email. Oh yeah. yeah. And sometimes you just got to swallow hard and get into it. I just it. delete them. That's all. I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a crapshoot. No, yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Yeah. But, but yeah. So again, not that it's all fun, but the shoulds are to your point and to, and to my point is what do I need to do? My, my priority is what most has my attention now that if I move on it will give me more space and more freedom. And that, that, that's how I'm wired in terms of my yeah. DNA and my personality, you know, is, mm-hmm. is that's, that's, and maybe not everybody's like that. Uh, but yeah, you're right. 
And it's not like, when I say there's a big parade of shoulds out there, uh, GTD has its own, not shoulds, but data. Well, if you keep stuff in your head, it's in the wrong place. Mm. How you get it out of your head is up to you. Yeah. But there are some inviolate principles that I uncovered and kind of reduced all this down to. You want to be productive? Outcome and action thinking are absolutely critical. Hmm. What does productivity mean? It means produce what you're trying to produce. Well, what are you trying to produce? Mom's birthday. Well, what's your desired outcome? Celebrate mom's birthday in a nice, positive way. Fabulous. What's the next action? Oh, next step. Oh, yeah. yeah. I guess I got to call my sister. Great. Outcome and action. So outcome and action thinking are, that's not a should, that's the truth. If you want to be productive, you getting things done, you need to decide what done means and what doing looks like. And that is not an obvious process for people. Believe me, I've spent thousands of hours with some of the brightest, most sophisticated people you'd ever meet spending hours with them, getting to make them to make those decisions. What is done about that memo mean or that mm. email? What are you committed to complete about that? Yeah. Oh God. You know, and it gets more ambiguous the more senior you get, by the way. So things constipate yeah. uphill, not not down, believe me. <laughs> <laughs> no, they really they really do. Yeah. Come on, as as you've gotten older and, and probably more experienced professionally with all the stuff you've been doing, Brandon, it doesn't get easier. No. Right. No, it doesn't. It, it, it doesn't has, get it less ambiguous. Right. No, it actually, it's a very, it's a very good point. Cause I, I think back to when I first in, in my, my first real job out, outside of college, you know, after college, it was very straightforward. You know, I, I, I didn't have a complex list of things because I was able to just, it was like, this is, this is what I have to do. It was very black and white because I had a job and these were the things I had to do to get it done. But, but now, now you're right. Like I, I look at the goals and things I set for myself now and I'm, I'm like, wow, there it's there isn't a set a set way that it has to be done. It's and all the, very and ambiguous. They, I'll and I'll bet you dollars to donuts that the 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 weird stuff that shows up as opportunities for you, you know, that you didn't expect. And then how do you decide what to do about yes. that? You know, that's that's the ambiguity and kind of weirdness that starts to show up as you get more sophisticated and more successful yeah. in your life. Yeah. And that's, that's something that, that I'm currently very, very much in the midst of because my, my company is, uh, my company is Avria Genetics and we, we specialize in, in, in helping companies expand all over the world or helping companies expand into the U.S. that are international companies. And during, during this time in the coronavirus pandemic, we've, we've been able to to find some really, really unique opportunities to, to help people throughout the world during all of this. And that's in turn caused a lot of other companies to reach out to us to say, Hey, well, why don't you do this with us? Why don't you do this with us? And, and I, I, I'm very, it's a very real thing. Like right now, just trying to figure out who, all of this sounds great, but who do I say yes to? Who is actually going to help me? Who, who's going to help us still you know, stay on track with where we're trying to go? And what is a distraction? It's, it's a, Daily show. And of course, as you just mentioned it, that those kind of things start to then drive a more conscious focus on the higher horizons. Yeah. What are you about? Mm. You know, you don't have to decide what your purpose is until you get one of those opportunities and you go, wait a minute, is that on purpose or off purpose mm. to hang out with those folks? 
So that just forces those kinds of decisions. Most entrepreneurs actually don't even focus on purpose. They just got a fire in their belly. They just want to get something done. They want to go make something happen. And yeah. know, wow. And then later on, when they get an offer or they get whatever, that's going to need, then they need to back up and go, wait a minute, why the heck did I even do this to begin with? Mm. So many times the, the horizons, you don't necessarily focus top down. Yeah. You know, sometimes it kind of goes from the middle up where you then have to clarify some of those other bigger things that you need to do. But again, that's still GTD. It's all about completion. Mm. It's, it's all about efficiency. People say, no, I should be effective, not efficient. Well, define effective. Effective toward what? Oh, toward fulfilling your mission. Great. That's just called efficient. Mm. <laughs> right? Are you, are you fulfilling your mission with that one or something else or whatever? Right, right. right. Mm. It's all efficiency. Yeah. It's just efficiency gets it pretty sublime and pretty sophisticated. Yeah. Right. Right. How, how, how effectively are you fulfilling your life purpose? How effectively are you living your true deep core values? How effectively or how efficiently are you doing that? Yeah. So a lot of it depends on, see, that kind of goes to the assumption that some part of you actually knows that there's a part of you internally that has that. Well, mm -hmm. come on, you've probably been around long enough. I certainly have to know that each company has its own DNA. Oh yeah. That, 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 that from the founder or from with the founders or whatever the, the initial impetus of it was, that DNA is there. Hmm. And, you know, you don't disturb that DNA. You want to be able to, if you do, you know, you run into problems. Hmm. You know, that's where, you know, cultural, you know, uh, conflicts that show up when, with mergers and so forth, you know, that's where yeah. you, you kind of push up against the DNA. So I've, I've seen that. I don't know. That's just my working hypothesis that every enterprise <clears throat> has its own DNA. Mm -hmm. And so just recognizing what that is, I've never seen a company that actually changed its purpose. I've seen them re-understand their purpose mm -hmm. in a new way that kept them competitive. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, so. No, 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 it's, no, it's, it's, it's my giving, giving me a, a billion things, a billion things <laughs> to think about. It's, but yeah, it's, uh, hopefully you recorded. It's very true though. I, I, oh, I am, I am, I am. Yeah, okay. This, uh, yeah. I mean, what, what, what you're saying about it being, about it being in our DNA, you're right. There is a very much, there, there really is a very like organic, that part of this is really much, very much organic to who we are. Like we, we can pretty clearly recognize when something is, we should be able to clearly recognize when something is a, is a good fit or when something is, is, is on track with where we, with where we see ourselves going. Well, but what, I, I, I wish it were that simple. Yes, but yeah. that is true. But, yes, but I, you know, I, I had a, I can, <laughs> I've spent two or three years going down some yeah. wrong paths that took yeah. me that long to re recognize yeah. that something was off. Right. So, and, and that's, and that's actually exactly what I was going to say is, is, you know, there's, there's, we, we, there's a part of us that can innately know that, but it's important to have something in place where we can, can measure whether or not that's the, the direction that we want to go. And, so one of the practical questions that I had for you then, and this, this, this fits right into to what we're talking about is what is like practically, how does, what, what's, what's the, the recommended path that you have for making a decision? Like when you're, when you're, when you're presented with something new, or if it's, if it's a, if it's a, an email of a, like a, a proposal of, of a business opportunity, or if somebody asks you to do something for them, 
what's the way that you think through that? How do you see if it holds weight? How do you see that if it's something that that should be done now or or later? Just kind of walk me through what the decision making process is with with requests like that. Well, it's probably unique to the person, unique to the opportunity, you know, as to whether you just need to sleep on it, could make a decision right then, or you better hang out for three months and see whether or not it's still, you know, it still seems like a good idea. And, you know, I've been through all those, you know, iterations of it. And I don't think there's a better way to do that other than, again, trust your intuition. I think the real key, if you want to come back to the practicality of it, is the weekly review. Once a week, you better step back and take one to two hours and, and manage the forest instead of hugging the trees. Step back and ask yourself, you know, bring up the rear guard, get current with where you are, and then listen, and then relax, pay attention to then what the still small voice inside of you says about that. I've made the mistake, too, that I know of that were big ones, of making a decision too fast because I thought I had to make the decision or I'd lose the deal mm-hmm. or the opportunity. And you know, my wife is, she's a great coach. She said, you know, uh, don't, don't let yourself be, um, uh, what banded, don't let the bandits, you know, force you to make a decision on that thing yet. Mm. And I did, cause I thought just from a business standpoint, I thought we really needed to, or we'd lose an opportunity, you know, that, that I thought was really important. And both of them turned out to be, uh, expensive and uh, painful. Mm. They were they were made they were made in haste. Mm. It was the best way to say that. Now, how you determine whether you know, you know, again, that's the risk of the entrepreneur. Is when do you make this? You know, you got to you got to jump off the end of the pier. Sometimes you don't know yeah. if the water's too deep or too shallow. It's like you just got to hope that you know <laughs> that it's okay and you can swim. You know, with but you're still going to be jumping off the pier, and those are risks. Yeah. But that's live and learn. So I've learned, I've learned if I, if I were to say one thing, it would be relax and don't be forced to make a decision based upon somebody's deadline aside Mm. from yours. Mm. So, yeah, that's very, that, that's a really, that's a really good point to ponder. You're right. You know, I think a lot of, a lot of the, the stress or, or anxiety that people experience that I've experienced comes from really allowing everybody else to manage your your schedule and and your priorities without actually managing priorities yourself well another crude way to look at that is you know some you know breaking up with a girl as i was in my 20s or whatever it's like don't worry there are plenty of women out there (laughs) (laughs) don't feel like you just lost the game because of that so opportunities are, are infinite yeah, it's that's that's something that I've that I've definitely that I've definitely seen to be true in that I it, it, one one of one of the things that has kind of kept me going is is there have been numerous there's been numerous failures that I've experienced. I mean, more more than I can possibly count. And actually, you know, I one of one of my goals for myself had always been to 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 run my own company, and I, I started my first company when I was 15 screen printing skateboards in my skate shop in the uh in the graphic design room at my high school and i started my own skateboard company with like microsoft front page on the internet and all that it was it was great and ever since then i thought you know i want to run my own company and i've tried a lot of different things some have worked some haven't but the other day i actually went back and checked i have created i've I've now had 28 different email addresses 
of different like different projects <laughs> and things that I was creating. But, How you many know, domains I, do you own? Really? A lot. Like I must I must own like seventy domains. Um, you know, and some of them have persisted and, and turned into something worthwhile. But when I look back, I, I this is actually was part of my my weekly review last week. I was writing these things down in my journal then of of looking at all of these different things that in the moment seemed to be painful or seemed to be failures. But I was able to outline for each of those things, like, well, these are the things that I took from that that have been able to successfully get me to this point today. And I'm like, well, wow, like there's, there's little things that I've learned that even though they seem to be painful at the time, where they've, they've all kind of led, they've, they've all kind of led to this point. And, and uh, it's, it's interesting. You're right. Like I can't, I, I can't, so I, I try to always carry that forward and, and not think that if I, if I say no to something, if I say no to something now or I, or, or something doesn't work right now, you know, I, like you said, I, I can't, I can't just spend all my time hugging the trees. I got to manage the forest. So that's good. It's good. Yeah. Uh, so one, one other thing then to, that I, I wanted to ask you about. So there are, I, I, you mentioned before about like having your like inner geek come out on a weekend, which that, that happens to me a lot when I'm trying to like overly, overly analyze or do things. Um, I, I've talked to a lot of people about, about GTD and showing people like what exactly I do. There's been a lot of people where I've sat down, like employees of mine, business partners of mine, where we sit down for a meeting and I'll like get out my, my, my system to like organize the, the projects we're working on. And people are like, well, what are you, you know, what are you doing? And I explain it to them and, some people say like, wow, that's, you know, that's, that's not for me. I prefer to not like organize myself like that. I, I, I prefer just to like fly by the seat of my pants or just keep a really simple list. Um, what would, what advice would you have for people who say that there's no need to keep track of things so systematically, but because it, it seems to be stressful to do so. Say, Hey, follow your inner, uh, inclinations about that have fun yeah, yeah. i mean th there are enough people that are that are hungry for this you know I, i'm trying to get to i get to know as fast as i can yeah i don't i don't why should i spend time with people that don't think they need this now if you said if i were trying to make a sales pitch you know i would come around and say well uh do you have enough space in your head to focus on the meaningful stuff mm. they say yeah i say <clears throat> Fabulous. Enjoy your life. If they say, you know, I would really like to have more time to X, Y, and Z. Great. How, how do you plan on doing that? See what kind of answer they have. Yeah. And then I say, look, I absolutely guarantee you that if you implement any of this methodology called GTD, it will give you more space. What you do with it's up to you. See, GTD is a process. It's not the content. So, uh, you know, I don't care what your goal is. I'm going to get you to get clear with yourself what your goal is and then get you to get appropriately engaged with it. But I don't care what it is. I mean, I care. And, and then I care that people sort of live a good life and you know, like, that I can be of assistance in whatever way. But that's why I don't get into the territory of, of trying to either analyze, be a consultant, because I've done a lot of consulting over these years. And the consultant says, hey, here's a better way to do that or here's something you need to know to whatever in that way in terms of content, 
you know, if you're an expert in running a restaurant, then people want to know what your expertise is and how you should organize the kitchen and so forth. And I don't say I mean, that's not that's not my game. So GPD is really about the process itself. And so and, and people are actually doing that process already. What's kind of strange about this is that GPD is no, no there are no behaviors people aren't already doing. Everybody writes stuff down. Right. Anybody who keeps a calendar is already admitting that their head can't do it. Yeah. And they need some sort of an external brain to keep track of it. You know, so I go, duh. You know, but try to intellectually justify halfway in between. E- either your head's the place to hold stuff or it's not. Yeah. And if you have a simple enough life that only four things you need to keep track of, that's about the maximum of what your brain could keep track of and still manage well before you start to lose cognitive ability. So, you know, I got four things you need to keep track of. It's like, fine, great. Enjoy your simple life. Yeah. Don't know very many, very many people that have that, but, you know, it's possible. Oh, come on, I'll be 75 soon. And my life is a good bit simpler than it was when I was, you know, 55 or 35. So I got fewer things on my list, but I still do the same process. I still have to yeah. keep stuff out of my head. I, you know, this, you don't end with this. It's a craft. So I'll be bold enough to say GTD is really the craft of work or the art of work. Most people just work, but they don't realize what the, what the art of work really is. Yeah. Defining outcomes, defining actions. You know, basically it's the five steps of capturing, clarifying, organizing, reflecting, and engaging in whatever you're doing. If that's, that's how you get control, that's how you get focus, that's how you get mm-hmm. space. It's how you get your kitchen under control, it's how you get your company under control, it's how you get your consciousness under control. I didn't make this stuff up, Brandon, I just recognized it. Yeah. And then made it objective so that you could, once you got it objective, you could then do it better and with more elegance and more ease. Mm-hmm. You know, but there, there's nothing, it's not like a foreign language or new, some new technology. You know, that's kind of the strange paradox about it is it, it is kind of a duh stuff. Yeah. But if you're trying to no, justify halfway yeah. in between, either your head's the place to hold stuff or it's not. Right. 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 There's no gray. It, it, there's no gray area in that. Right. And everybody's in a gray area. Yeah. Even people that keep a lot of lists and even have a calendar still have a bunch of stuff banging around in their head. And then yeah. they don't trust either one. Right. They don't trust their list. They don't trust their head. Right. So, you know, Again, this is kind of my radical. I'm kind of crank, old and cranky these days. But look, either keep it all out of your head or none of it. Yeah. And justify anything halfway in between. Why? Why not trust? Either trust that God or the universe or your spirit or, the, or, the, or, or Yoda is going to tell you what to do, you know, minute to minute. I'd love to be able to be in that space. I'm so lazy. I don't have to, I don't have to keep lists if I don't have to. Jeez. Yeah. You know? Uh, but I just haven't, I, I'm not at a mature enough place to be able to trust that the universe is going to tell me exactly what to do. And I'm not going <laughs> to regret it at any moment in time. It's going to give me the phone number when I pick up the phone. It's going to, you know, it, it's going to tell me exactly where I need to be at 3.30 this afternoon. Right. You know, that'd be nice. That would I ain't be nice. there yet. I ain't yeah. there yet. <laughs> if, you, if you said you were, I'd be like, wait, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> really? What is, so so just uh, just uh, practically, and I know we're we're bumping up to to the end of the the hour that we had set aside. But what what do you how how do you manage your system? I know some people use technology and use some of the apps that are out there that are designed mm-hmm. around the GTD methodology. But I'm curious to know what what you do. How do you manage? How do you employ GTD in, in your life? What's that practice look like? Uh, it's pretty simple. My capture mode is primarily low tech, you know, paper and pen, you know, no 
Wi-Fi, no batteries required, whatever. And there's any, any day, even with a, a fairly quiet lifestyle that I have these days, any day I may have two or three of these pages with notes that I'm taking while I'm doing other stuff that occurs to me, I need to, whatever. And so, you know, capture is pretty much low tech. And of course, you know, my, my famous note taker wallet, you know, I have with me is always with me wherever all the plastic goes with me. And so, you know, that, because the strangest ideas, the, the more clicks you need to capture stuff, you won't capture. Hmm. You know, it needs to be bam instantly. Otherwise that thought's going to leave you. The muse can, is, is, is fickle. She will leave very fast. So you need to be have a ubiquitous capture tool, and I do. I can capture stuff on my phone. I've got a you know pretty good app that does that if I if I want to do that. But it also that app captures it and sends it into my email, so it doesn't go into a black hole on my phone. Mm. So I still need to make sure that my capture stuff goes into appropriate places. So all these notes that I'm taking, they get they get thrown into my physical in basket, which I actually emptied this morning, but that's. There it is. I, oh, there's a little wet piece, wet receipt in there. So still, some, still something to process. So, you know, low tech is the capture function. Now that's not my organization system. I need to capture it. And then I need to go through those things, decide that's the clarify step is, is that something to move on? Is there a next action? Uh, if I can do the action in two minutes or less, you know, which is what I'll do with that receipt that's in there. I'll just do it as soon as I pick it up. If it's something that's going to take longer than that, then I need to then park it into my system of reminders of actions I need to take. And that's where I have a reminder system, which is just a list manager. And yes, I'm digital now. Though, quite frankly, I love my paper-based system I used for 25 years because it's a, that's a great list manager. But again, the, there's advantages to the digital because you can cut and paste and move stuff around and, and link things and so forth. And, that, you know, and that's fine. And then can link to the different devices. So I use, right now, we're still using the old Lotus Notes became IBM Notes. So that's just our, our group where that has email and has task management, much like Outlook or anything else. And so I just have a list manager in there, frankly, with some bells and whistles to it that are kind of neat. But that's really all you need is just a list manager. And so that's, you know, mine is digital these days. I could go back to paper in a second if I had to. But it, it's just more convenient with my lifestyle. Uh, yeah. to, to be digital with that. And then I keep, I, I have both digital as well as paper-based reference, you know, systems and, 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 and places. So there's nothing unique really about that. that. That's fairly standard and basic, been pretty much standard and basic for the last 15 years in terms of my yeah. system. Nothing's changed very much. Hmm. And, you know, I, so, so you're, if you had to, in, in talking about all of the, the different ways that you would do a, a mind sweep and weekly reviews and, and looking at the, your purposes and principles. So obviously, it goes without saying, weekly review is something you do weekly. But as far as like sitting down and, and doing an entire mind sweep and, and getting everything out of your head, how often should you really sit down and, and do that entire process? Is that something you also would recommend doing like once a week or, or where do you see that? Well, and once this becomes habitual, there's no time I do that because I do it all the time. Got it. Stuff doesn't stay in there. Yeah, it just becomes it just becomes part of who you, part of who yeah. you are. I mean, it'd just be silly not to write something down. If I make a commitment to you right now, I can't finish. It goes right here. Yeah. Boom. Right. So, but that's a habit that that you need to build. And if you don't have that habit, then yeah, it's probably some consistent basis you need to sit down and unload again. If you mm -hmm. let stuff load up in there. Uh, but I don't let stuff load up. 
Yeah. Every once in a while, sure. No, come on. I teach this stuff, but I still go, come on, Dave, you've thought of that three times now. You teach this stuff. Write the friggin' thing down. Oh, yeah, I guess I should. <laughs> yeah. So, and then, and then looking at, at establishing like your purposes and, and principles, I mean, is that something that you tend to revisit and look back to see if there's anything that you want to, to revise with purposes and principles? Or is that something that you normally see as kind of set in stone that is like a guiding, a guiding light for what you're doing? Uh, nothing set in stone in my life. Everything's a working hypothesis. You know, if I get better data, I'll change. You know, that's good. So, you know, so uh, I, I, I revisit those as soon as some part of me has attention on that. Yeah. And, and then that it just, be, you know, when I got a new option or got something that shows up out there. I need to go back and rethink that or just for shits and giggles. I go, okay, you know, let me look back through my list again and see if all of it's current or not. Yeah. But those are just more an intuitive guesses on my part. Obviously, if you're in a, a more structured enterprise where you need to revisit your yearly goals on a yearly basis and you need to revisit your purpose or your vision and so forth, those, those, it's nice to build those in as some sort of regular recursion that you're taking a look at those different horizons, yeah. especially if you've got other people involved yeah. so that everybody's kind of singing off the same song sheet, if you will, you know, and you're not going off in different directions and flying away. And oftentimes, many, you know, the world has changed. I imagine in your company, given the pandemic, that there would be, if you sat down, if you haven't done that lately, that's some sort of a revisit to your vision and how you're going to do that and, and your goals for the next year or two, yeah. you know, probably need to be rethought or rethought, you know, what your operational plan needs to look yeah. like based upon all those kind of changes. So a lot of it yeah. depends on how, you know, do you need a stand up meeting every day or do you need a quarterly review? You know, yeah. maybe both. Yeah. You know? No, that's true. And, you know, when I think about that, you're right, there's, there's, there's goals and, and the direction that we want to go that changes. But in but and also in reality, as far as like the, the principles that are guiding us, those, those really, those really don't change uh, that, that much. I mean, because we're, we still are, we're, our, our goal has always been to, to improve the lives of people through the, the testing and services that we provide. And so, that's kind of been the guiding light of, of what we're doing that we hold everything up against to see if we're actually moving in that direction. So I guess, I guess these, like the purposes and principles, they, they are, they, they, they kind of stand firm. Of course, there's things that we can change as, as time goes on and as we learn more, but I guess the more we well, go down that hierarchy, that's where we see more, more fluidity. Sure. And because for instance, the, even principles themselves, uh, how, how often have you agreed to respond to emails? How yeah. often have you agreed, you know, that you will manage whatever, you know, kind of things when certain things show up so that mm -hmm. you can bring that down to a much more operational level of commitments and values, mm -hmm. especially if you run into issues where yeah. things are people are getting pissed off because nobody's responding to an email. Go, well, wait a gay, hey, gays, can we, can we, can we, come back to how we plan on playing, yeah. you know? So again, the natural planning model, you know, that I talk about in chapter three is a great model to use Go, okay, here's the purpose of our team, but how we want to play together, guys, you know, what agreements do we want to make in terms of how we play? And that's, that's also a principle level. It's not way up at the high level of principle in terms right. of your company, you know, you wouldn't right. want to violate something in, in terms of the whole company. So there are multiple levels to even that. Yeah, you know, that you might need to be more fluid about based upon, you know, what do we need to do to make this thing run smoothly on the rails? Hmm. 
David, this this has been this has been a, a, a an amazing an amazing conversation. I, I've 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 come away with with so much to 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 think about as a result of talking with you. And I I have I, I keep track of my of my my inbox. My capture method is is on my phone. So underneath my desk here, I'm I'm typing while I'm looking at the screen. So <laughs> so writing writing a million a, a million things down here. So okay, cool. I hope yeah. I hope that I hope that my I hope that my list is coherent because I haven't been looking at what <laughs> what I'm writing, but hopefully autocorrect works. But but it's a uh, I, I I have really really enjoyed talking through all of these things with you, and most most importantly, what is what is something that I need to personally constantly be reminded of. And what I hope that everybody who listens to this can be reminded of, and and that this is a that it's something that is very refreshing to them, is 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 the common theme that has been running through everything that you've said. That the whole point is being present, being in a relaxed state, not feeling like you're, you know, going off the rails, and and really just being being engaged. And 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 it's something that I often forget is th that that's really what the goal of 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 managing all of this is it's not just seeing how quickly I or how how much I can get done it's it's doing what you said and having that that's that that mind like water state as, as you said which is a, a beautiful way to look at it so I, I really I'm, I'm still a fellow student Brandon you know, yeah and so what I I really I really appreciate it and I I have in the past uh, it's been I think 11 11 years, 12 years since I started using and learning the GTD methodology. I, I have, I've, I've been, I've been a, a student of yours in this way for, for a long time. And it's, it's been an honor to talk with you and I'm, and I would love to continue to have future conversations with you. And, and I, I'm, I'm full of, full of like, uh, I've been reinvigorated talking with you today and I'm, I'm excited to, to sit down and, and process all of these things that I've learned and picked up from you. Cool. Well, quid pro quo, maybe in a few weeks, I'd love to get do an interview with you, if you don't mind. I, I would absolutely love it. That would, be, that would be an honor. No, one of the things, especially because we're now global and we've got a lot of licensees that are doing kind of startup businesses, you know, spreading this methodology and a lot of coaching as well. And they're always scratching their head, call, how do we get senior people that think they don't need this to realize this is something they mm. really could use? you know, at that level. I think you have probably some good answers to that. So I, I would, you I would absolutely love to do that. Yeah. Let me okay. know. You, you have my info. So let me know when you want to do it now. I'll, I'll be available. Thanks, Brandon. Great. Thank you so much, David. It was great meeting you face to face. Thanks a lot. Yay. Ciao. Thank you. Ciao.